0: Welcome to Stance for Health podcast with Dr. Rod and Karen Wirth, where becoming healthy is not complicated. Control your health by focusing on six areas of life that we teach you so you finally have the energy you want have to do what you want instead of being a victim of your age. I have over 20 years experience working as a chiropractor and Karen is an author, speaker, and longevity coach. We've seen how A tiny change in your habits today can open up your life to a powerful future. Start today and take your stance for health.
1: Welcome to Stance for Health podcast. Today we're going to be talking about loving your heart, or as I was thinking about since we live in Texas, there's a saying called bless your heart. (laughs) And you know, my, my little Aunt Jean used to say, well, bless their heart. And then if she didn't like them, she would say, bless their little pea picking heart. I'm not sure what picking peas had to do with your heart, but we want to talk today about some myths around heart disease, around diet, around exercise, because there is a lot of misinformation out there, Dr. Rodney, and it's Hard for us to get away from it because it's been the norm for the last 50 years or so. Mm-hmm. The main one that we want to address first is that cholesterol is your heart's main enemy. It's the like the worst thing for your heart. Could you tell us more about that, Dr. Rudney?
0: I see the articles, I see the research, and I I think about the way that that research is performed and that. You look at randomized clinical trials and those are actually the standard, the gold standard, right? And yet the way that statin drugs or cholesterol has been portrayed is that according to the doctors and, and those that prescribe those particular things for cholesterol are actually listening to lipid experts that are are basing their opinions and their research on an old hypothesis which says that cholesterol is bad, fat is bad, and that those are the enemies of your heart. And that, if you look at what that's what that is, that's actually not only it at the at its very worst, it's hearsay, and at its best is it's anecdotal, which is the not even considered research.
1: So do I hear you say that there's somewhat of a double standard as far as the studies on needing to uh, lower cholesterol by, by medication or, or correcting everything that has to do with the heart with either being on blood pressure medicine or being on statins and that there's other research out there.
0: Right. And so the research that I was telling you about the form of research is actually a way of looking at the material to actually do a randomized clinical trial. One of them took place in England or let's just, let's just say it's the Cochrane study, right? Okay. 14,322 patients, and that's a meta-analysis of that study. It showed that 360, a 363% increase in the risk of diabetes. Now, based on the same research or research surrounding that using randomized clinical trials, suggests that there's no benefit and and that there's moderate to low benefit for for men in the category of middle age that would be include me from 40 to maybe 60 right so a problem with with statin side effects is not only it's increased risk for for diabetes there's serious side effects that go misdiagnosed for years like pain Uh, neuropathy, along with neurodegeneration in the brain, because you're losing the body's ability to hold on to good cholesterol, which by the way, that's what your, your body does need cholesterol.
1: So that was what the main myth that we talked that the main myth is that cholesterol is your heart's main enemy when actually, and the cause for heart disease, when actually it's important to have in your body.
0: Yeah. It's a myth to say that cholesterol is a leading indicator in heart health when the reality is, looks like it's paradoxical. It's actually the opposite is true. So,
1: if you want to learn more about that, there is a book out called The Great Cholesterol Myth that was put out a few years back. And it is basically saying that cholesterol is a fairly insignificant player in heart disease and that high cholesterol pretty lousy predictor of heart attacks because half the people that are admitted to the hospital with heart disease have normal cholesterol. And there's people out there with elevated cholesterol that have perfectly healthy hearts.
0: Right. So lowering your cholesterol with statin drugs will prolong your life. That's a myth. Yeah. And so for the reasons that I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. two of them, one, it's having not just, it's not just giving you a, another disease to combat later, the longer you use it after probably 10 or 15 years, you're actually increasing your risk of diabetes by 363% conservatively. Wow. That's, you know, that's 14,322 patients that says that, right. And it's randomized clinical trials. Remember that it's not hearsay. It's not, it's not the kind of thing that you'd say, well, I, I, I noticed this in my clinic there. Therefore that's the, that's across the board true for everybody. It's just not. So.
1: And along with that is we're leading into the second one that says avoid all saturated fats is another myth. And that you basically that a high carb diet is going to protect you from heart disease. When actually diets that substitute carbs for saturated fat may actually increase the risk of heart disease. And I saw this firsthand because I was living through the low fat craze where everyone was working, doing the Mm -hmm. low fat cookies and low fat, all of that. And actually, it so increased the bad carbs. And it it did truly backfire. So let's take a look at that second one now, because they're kind of woven together. Avoid all saturated fats. Tell me more about that, Doctor Rodney. Well,
0: when I think of a saturated fat, and I think a lot of people probably think of this too, is a, is there's really only one type of saturated fat, and that's lard, right? Mm. You think immediately you think of lard, and then you think of the 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 answer to that was Crisco. That's what, that's what I grew up with. The reality is, is that you you've taken Crisco. What you've done is you've taken a vegetable oil and you've hydrogenated it or dehydrogenated it. So it stays as a liquid form, liquid Crisco versus, versus it looks like almost like margarine or Mm -hmm. it's the Mm -hmm. consistency of that. We find out later that those types of oils are, a high, are high in omega-6s, which mm-hmm. produces arachidonic acid, which is not healthy for your heart.
1: Exactly. And we're going to explore a whole podcast on the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio and how important that is. So that basically that you have to say that when you decrease the, the saturated fat and, and the good fats... You actually increase the cardiovascular risks, and so what is at the root of heart disease if it isn't the saturated fat, Doctor Rodney?
0: I look at what happens when, how does your body respond to a sense decrease glucose sensitivity? In other words, your body, how does it how does it respond to? not being able to handle glucose anymore. That's either you're either taking in so much sugar that your body becomes desensitized to it or with increased caloric intake of carbohydrates, you're actually increasing your opportunity for uh, insulin resistance as well as you look at and just looking at sugar, for instance, it actually gets more easily converted to body fat, right?
1: Right. So the, the calorie to the calorie, because the, the whole calorie mm-hmm. thought yeah. of, of, of weight loss does not work because you're eating these high carb foods that are also very processed and have a lot of additives to it such as the MSG that then becomes so addictive, your body craves more of it. And then that leads to all of those things that can lead to the high blood pressure, the insulin resistance you're talking well, about. And the,
0: So the same, the same number of calories of carbohydrates versus the number of, carb, of calories found in a particular fat, you, you have to look at the way your body processes that. There's very little load of good fats on your pancreas. And, and the liver does work on that. The liver works on it, but it's very, it's very easily converted. Omega-3s are very easily converted to ketones. And there's actually a, a lot of evidence to support that that's not creating any resistance at all in your body. And in fact, it's easier to burn and it's easier to produce the energy that the cell wants, which is ATP, using fat. And it sharpens
1: your brain. It does all of that. You know, we've talked about this before in, in former podcasts, the food coma, quote unquote, after a Thanksgiving meal or a big Christmas meal that was especially, not only was the meal carb heavy, but also the desserts or just the comfort foods that we associate with that happy holiday. And so some of this is basically because of the dietary guidelines that we've been given.
0: Yeah. And, and they're all 50 years old and you have to more, more, and you actually have to look at how that research that, that was funded that says carbohydrates are better for you and seed oils are better for you. Crisco is better for you than lard. Mm -hmm. There's so many more fats out there available that you can use to cook with namely Avocado oil, which is because very you can stable. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Karen, you could probably talk about those a whole lot more.
1: And we're going to give you those yeah. action steps to blessing your heart. Basically, then what we have to look at is that what we're doing is if we're going to regain our health and avoid heart disease, we're going to have to change the way we eat. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about uh, action steps. To bless your heart. So myth number three, are you ready? Exercise intensely so you can eat what you want to eat and be healthier.
0: Okay. This is something that I've experienced myself. I can actually tell you what what it was like. I actually did experience some of the side effects of exercising for long periods of time. In fact, the study that's researched actually shows that you were exercising for 152 minutes a week, as opposed to someone who's doing short bursts, high intensity interval training for around 90 minutes. We we do 72 minutes plus other things actually add up to about 90 minutes a week or so. The research showed that again, your body, the body was showing glucose resistance, meaning it was hard for the body to, to utilize that energy. That is a form of energy at the same time. There were plaques that were taking place in the arteries, the major arteries, coronary arteries of the heart in high in in something 150 minutes a week or more. I talked to some of these people that go to gyms and they don't feel like they're getting their money's worth at the gym unless every time they go there somewhere between three and six times a week. There's different versions of that. They didn't feel like they were getting their money's worth unless they were there for an hour or more. So I don't know how much of that is actually exercise. But you think about, you know, if you're there for an hour, you've probably exercised for at least half of that. Right. And when you or more when you consider rest breaks. So that'll easily exceed 150 minutes a week.
1: And I've heard you refer a lot when you're telling your story about the bike riding that you were redlining. That was just explain that Dr. I was talking about
0: how I was, that was actually how I was. I observed that I was one of those people that was going to the gym for that long. Exercising on the bike was actually my, my way of saying, I'm going to eat basically burning calories. It doesn't matter. I'm Mm going to, I'm going to have to take in this many calories because you
1: were on the calorie.
0: Actually. Yeah. What I was doing was, was actually, Creating arrhythmias in my heart, creating fibrosis, uh, an environment fibrosis, meaning scar tissue was beginning to infiltrate the muscles of my heart as well. Right. There was one other thing I was trying to think of what else, and I already told you about the coronary arteries. So they were getting harder and calcified. Why? Because I was overextending for so long those, I was asking that soft muscle fibers, the tunica media inside, that's part of that's the active part of the muscular part of those, of those blood vessels to over-respond for so long. That was redlining.
1: And we come back to a term that you like to use a lot, Dr. Rodney, which is homeostasis. The bell curve is, is that exercise is a powerful tool because it's stimulating the mitochondria. We talk about that when we talk about the laser and the very powerhouse of the cells, the mitochondria. And so it's really good. But at some point that the good from that Mm -hmm. is is stopped. Tell us more about that. I I
0: like to refer often to big term, not big terms, fancy terms, but commonly used terms by some of my colleagues that I respect. And, and it's based on something called the art Schultz law. And that was, he was describing the hormesis effect, the hormetic effect, where he says, you know, if you don't, if you take a good thing like water and a, you'll, you'll die of thirst on one end of the spectrum, and then you'll drown or get, hyponatremia on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So you can actually drink too much water. You can have too much water, take on too much water in your body and ha- that'll create a deleterious effect. Exercise well,
1: I'm sorry to interrupt. You hear about a runner, a marathon runner who drops dead because he drank too much water or had a, the ones the ones that i have always gotten me, Dr. Rodney, are the ones that died while they were running.
0: Yeah. And that's what that is. I was experiencing the redlining. Arrhythmias are signs that the electrical component of the heart's not working right. And the, the, the fatty, not the fatty infiltrate, the fibrosis infiltrate is not allowing the heart to be in the right shape in the right direction as well, which creates some, some issues of its own. I, I the only way I can really put this is that I experienced the very thing that I'm talking about right now. And what we've seen is that a combination of these things in terms of the diet, as well as the high intensity interval training, if you're, if you're concerned, you know, I haven't taken a, a cholesterol test. I haven't. Not, number one, cause I'm not worried about it. And number two, I I'm doing things that are necessary uh, for that. And so I'm not only looking at the diet, I'm looking at the, you know, the things that I can consume, but also the interval training. We're not exceeding hormesis. We're not, we're doing enough of a good thing to not exceed the threshold of hormesis, which means we're not, we're not exercising too little and we're not exercising too much. I think we've really found our sweet spot and and they seem to suggest that's between 72 and 152 minutes. Not that 150 minutes would be awful. You're just more likely to be doing some damage the closer you get to that threshold.
1: I love that. So let's recap the action steps to bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> that comes out every once in a while. You know, what? we live in Texas. So number one, focus on good nutrition focus on eating a balanced diet, not so much that you are eating the high carbs and doing the things that you might've been told your whole life and counting those calories, but instead focus on good nutrition. And the good part about that, that leads us to number two, eat as many healthy fats as you can consume. And here's the thing. If you have a tablespoon of sugar and a tablespoon of a healthy fat what's going to happen with the sugar is you're going to crave more the fat is going to be so satisfying that you don't want any more yeah and that's that's what we've experienced in our resilient aging way of eating and number 3 focus on consistent high intensity interval training. And we'll be talking more about that.
0: So I I wonder how many of you out there, I just had this thought, just how many of you out there actually exercise and this hits you squarely where you live, your thought, well, if I just burn this many calories, I'm going to be able to drop weight or lose weight. And the reality is your mitochondria, you're only as old and healthy as your mitochondria. And if you're doing damage to those things and you're redlining or you're not really getting to threshold to burn the energy that you consumed when you took it in in the form that you did in the form of carbohydrates, then it's an it's a it's an it, there's no net gain as far as burning off those calories. So I wanted to encourage you to do something for yourself that you can get the gains and not be frustrated. You know, if you got this gym membership, you're paying all kinds of money, you want to get something out of it, right? And somebody told you that. By exercising so much, you're burning enough calories to actually burn off that meal, that donut that you had this morning. And it's just not going to happen. No. Sorry. <laughs> so
1: thank you, Dr. Rodney. It's always so much fun. We're, we tackled something a little bit controversial and would love for you to tell us what you think, what's working for you. Please subscribe to this podcast. Write a review if you enjoyed it. Share it with someone that you think needs to hear this. And most of all, join us as we take our Stance for Health. See you next time. Thank
0: you for joining us at Stance for Health podcast, where getting healthy and staying that way are not as complicated as you might think. Subscribe now and discover steps and small changes that can increase your energy and open the door to vibrant health and longevity. If this podcast has been helpful, please write a review. We'll see you next time.